Previously on Eleven Fates. I have been tasked with changing a life, so I guess I'm stuck with you all until I make that happen. Cass has not taken his eyes off of Lefty. You swear he smells like a fucking pomegranate. Master Daedrove, are you alright? Are you helping me right now? I am going to test your character. You know the, uh, DuBose brothers? They keep to themselves and they seem moody and broody. Oh, well, we know plenty about that. Uh, it seems like you all have a penchant interest in ball cactuses, so... Oh yeah, it's a curse. I'd like to circle back by the hotel and ask what room Lefty is sleeping in. Rowan is going to slide the second key to Lefty's room into Cass's hand. Yes, who is it? Tell me everything you know about the goddess of nature. So we're going to go to kill some elves who have our cursed cabbage cactus. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Ludicrous. There is just a dense black cloud, and it kind of resembles a wolf. Watch for trap. They're all over. Don't you dare move. Y'all got to get out as fast as you can. You good? I'm good. I'm good. The one they call Lefty will be coming with me. Wasn't expecting that one. Okay. Three of you are left with this immaculate cloak carrying this big old cactus. Good luck. Y'all don't need it. I'm going to bargain. I'll take their lies and their secrets down with me. A chosen champion of the gods. Better remember the name Hunted Jewel, because the next time you see me, I'm going to be buying out the whole bar. Welcome to Tale of Eleven Fates. Welcome, travelers, back to the City of Fallen Scale. It is sand-swept. All around it are spires of rocks and plateaus off in the distance. The camera descends from the dark night sky. Stars come rushing past. Sand sweeps through the air as you're ushered in through the western gate by Louis Proudhome and orc with lavender eyes as he shepherds you in and says you all have earned an evening sleep from what he's seen and escorts you throughout the town here on the way to the uh, hotel that you still have keys for but you can also branch off over to his quarters his halfway home his currently empty orphanage where uh, there is stable dwellings for, and I believe even some of Rowena's belongings. Cass, you got a bit of a limp as the uh, poison still courses through your body on this evening, but there is an air of achievement. The first piece to a strange puzzle is in your possession. Wrapped in Cassilian's cloak is a cabbage cactus, a fruit, veggie plant that has never existed as far as any of you know as you walk through this warm and oddly still night um mr Pr mr proudhome uh do you do you happen to have like a, a a jar back at your house i'm i need like a jar and a stopper for this thing um yes i believe i could find you something of that sort uh do you need it within the hour or can this wait till morning i uh, 
I think I probably would like to get it done before I go to sleep. Are you sure yeah. that's a good idea, Jules? You're uh, not looking at your peak. I just don't. I just want to get because the the brothers know what this looks like. They don't. They don't know what the jar looks like. So I figured if we get whatever's inside of this out, and then I could just I could hide it, and then we could just get rid of this evidence, and it'll be like we never did anything, right? Ah, the destruction of evidence, the sign of true heroes, true champions. Ah. My mistake. Uh, the sooner the better, but whenever is possible will work for us. Certainly doable. We can make a small step off here, and he like directs the group towards the orphanage, as it's known throughout the town. The the nice, charming old lady is uh, there and pipes up and starts dusting the table as all of you come in, and he excuses himself to pop into the kitchen and she follows and kind of just there in kind of a humble dwelling it's large but you have a moment to yourselves and in a moment he'll return with a nice uh, little jar for you and it does have uh, a stopper of sorts and he actually comes back and has a kind of a, a, a screw top version as well um, it's got just kind of like a chonky wooden rim around it and it's got like another wooden top but it seems to have been uh, treated with some sort of oil to actually get like a proper seal and he brings out just some options for you. I want to roll to see which one of these I think is probably gonna not uncork in my pocket. <laughs> sure thing. I have no idea what that would be. It's like probably a, an int. <laughs> Let's go intelligence or wisdom, whichever you prefer. If you want to use your uh, brain or your gut. And that's I, the side. Got the same modifier. Uh, it's, it's all right. 17. And yeah. did you roll that with disadvantage? Because I believe you're still exhausted at this moment. I 100% am. Okay, that's a 10. All right. Yeah, you are just got like these long looks and you're holding up kind of like both of these styles back and forth. And you're like weighing the options and like shaking them about and... He kind of just gives you a spool of string as well, so you can tie it off whichever one you go with. Rowena will just kind of look at you and be like, you know, anything with a lid can be sealed off with wax. I'm sure we could get a candle. Okay, 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 okay. I'll, 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 I'll take the stopper. And he, and he grabs the, the cork and the stopper. All right, you guys got to... Who's... The, uh, we need a dagger. Can we go upstairs somewhere a little more oh, private yeah, in yeah, case anyone yeah, sorry. walks in? Yeah. And Marona will usher them upstairs to the room that she stayed in last night. And it's going to be like a walk in and like sweep all of the books and papers into a pile and like shove them under the pillow of the bed to get them out of the way so that the table's clear. Absolutely. Yeah. For the other two of you, yeah, there are definitely papers and notes you see the book that wizard core had made uh wide open and it's covering up another book and all, both of them just immediately get swept up just like as a as a little point of order here is am i actually suffering any effects from the poison your speed is halved so you're you, you definitely have some like real stiff legs it, it kind of feels like you just ran 10 miles and you're 
two or three hours after recovery, just like tons of lactic acid buildup just from the waist down. So you're definitely stiff. You don't have your full range of movement there. Okay. But I'm not like losing health every minute. No, 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 no. It it is just straight up. Your muscles have tensed up in a very uncomfortable way. Then I will, I will, uh, Lewis is still with us, right? He's walked, he walked us upstairs or he, did he leave? He, he would have stayed down in the lobby if you all would have gone upstairs to the, uh, dwellings that were provided okay then i will turn to rowena and like look at her and 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 put my hand on my leg and do you happen to have any water or Uh, booze yes uh why don't you sit on the bed uh jules do you want to do this yourself or do you want me to help uh i'll i'd like to do it can i i don't have a dagger though no 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 no. we're gonna do this right and i'm gonna go into my smith's tools and pull out some sort of like awl or chisel or something from my smith tools Mm. give him something like that and then pull my hammer that is on my belt like my good one that i Mm -hmm. wear and give him those and just kind of point out like Make sure it's stabilized. Use a blanket or something. Give it something stable. Find a good point. You paid for the whole handle, so use it. Punch your hole, pour it in. Give him the tools, okay. set him up. And then I will rifle around in my cooking bag and find whatever bottle of booze I carry. Yeah. For Cass. Yeah. Both of uh, your compatriots have what they have uh, need to do the next steps. So, um... Yeah, let's see how well you crack a cactus, sir. H.J. pulls off the burger scarf and kind of wraps it around the bottom to, like, stabilize the cactus as per Rowena. Gets gets the chisel in, stabilize, and uh, gives it a sturdy whack using the, the, the bottom of the hammer. Just trying to go clean through one, one and done. Give me... I think this is going to be a dex just a raw dex and uh you are still exhausted yep i got two dice right here don't worry (laughs) what you you got there friend oh they're both in dice jail that's well no one of them's really really good (laughs) the other one is really really bad it's okay just focus on the bed it's 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 a one it's a natural one it's a natural this is this is the worst you can't fail skill checks, remember. You cannot fail skill checks. That is a okay. excellent point. I, what is that's, your total? That's a, it's a four. Yeah, which is better than a one. And, and I, Give I think me that it, uh, like, a bardic inspiration from, from two, three days ago, please. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those okay. things of Can I, like, let me, wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can do anything again. Do you want to find for, out the result for, before you start stacking decks. things? No, no, I want to see what he brings okay. to the table. It's always yeah, interesting. I'm just... <laughs> You're welcome. For, for those of you at home, if you haven't DM'd before, just let your players talk. Just see what happens. I think at this point, Cass is also like kind of holding his leg and has the bottle, you know, sitting in a chair and has the bottle resting on his on his chest and is sort of like leaned over trying to look over hj's shoulder and saw this first this first hammer swing and was kind of like <clears throat> yeah i i didn't i'm not gonna I, I don't have to i don't have anything to to do anything uh, unfortunately yeah it, it it is that first hammer swing and you kind of just like miss your hand and the chisel and you're like it's longer than i thought and so you like wind up again 
but you just put a bit too much oomph into it. So instead of you actually just getting like a nice hole in the top, you just have like these cracks go down the side and there's like two cups worth of juice in this thing that just starts spilling out over the sides out in like three different directions and so like you've cracked this thing like down to the midpoint in like three nice big cracks thankfully though this thing is the size of like an overgrown modern pumpkin and it seems to have literally been filled with juice so like it is juicy and like down where the cabbages like start it's still a nice big half bowl that is still filled with like this sloshing sweet smell that's coming out of it hj kind of is like really surprised with the second one and just like oh shit as all that juice kind of just like goes over and just soaks the burger scarf and he's just kind of oh okay i think there's still enough to fill this to, to fill this jar and he and he starts to carefully pour the rest into the jar yeah yeah you're able to pick it up from like the leaves and like angle it towards one of the cracks it like falls out in very sporadic and you waste as much as you get into the jar from just handling it but you are able to top off a jar you have a little bit left over in the cactus you have a a soaked scarf in this uh, cactus juice as well and you remember from the cocktail that you had made of one of these clearly it had additives and that one had kind of like a light yellowish tint and the more you pour into this guy the darker of a pink it gets from the juices hmm. and it, it, it becomes like this milky pink that's still kind of like barely see through well I, this is an interesting color and he pulls it up but i I don't think we want to like drink any of this right now. Although it, it does look appetizing, but no, 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 you know, no. Rowena is going to like run her finger through the juice. that's like all over the table and just kind of like look at the color in the jar and sort of sniff it. Does it have like an irony tinge to it? Like blood? It does not. Okay. Yeah. It, it It's one of those things like you smell it and it smells like sickly sweet, but you also have like okay. this, it's almost like an after smell of bitterness, which is hard to like pick up, but you've spent enough time in the kitchen and like, you're like, oh, I really want to be able to taste what I made, but I'm serving it. So like I got to get better with my nose. It, and it's like, it's definitely not that like copperiness or like any sort of blood and you like you've cleaned blood stains before it immediately dilutes whatever you wash it in and it's, it's definitely not of that but I, I i get why the thoughts there yeah that's just that's the first place her brain went so she was like <laughs> i want to check but i don't want to risk sticking this in my mouth <laughs> i will also take a, a quick shot at this but instead Cass is going to like take a big swig and breathe out and then take a big deep breath in and i would like to roll nature for this yeah given my experience in in nature just if i've ever encountered this type of liquid or you know before please do as Cass is doing that hj kind of like goes to stop him you know you're drinking a curse right just inhaling right or are you actually drinking some of it no, I'm just I'm just taking a deep breath. Oh, the swig yeah. is the, the whiskey. Oh, the swig is of the whiskey. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then <laughs> I to cleanse the palate. Got it. Yeah. I, I thought you were taking a big swig of the juice. I was like, no, no, no. I I, I take I, I I take a, a deep breath out and I go of the whiskey and then I go and I rolled the twenty-two. 
Yeah, with, with that 22, you definitely have kind of like these thoughts and memories and you're going through and sit, like the smell is a very powerful sense. A couple things just come rushing to you. You've had these sweet exotic fruits before through gifts from far lands, but this doesn't smell like anything like those. You've had some interactions now with ball cactuses and the sweetness that you're coming off of it is this very artificial sweetness. It, it seems unnatural to what you're actually getting. You're, you, it's, it's not sugars. It's something else. It's trying to be sugars. And you get this like hint of, of, of bitterness at the end. It's almost like your sense just like after you had something minty where like sweet juice suddenly goes incredibly bitter and nasty tasting, but in your nose, which feels really weird. And then it goes like straight back to normal from everything you've like drawn in about this. You are very safe to say it is unnatural. One, this thing's not supposed to exist because you've even heard that crossbreeding of these plants seems near impossible. But, but two, there is something within this profile of, you know, of things that are kind of possible within the realm of organic foods. Um, and, and it's just, it's concerning. Like it, you genuinely feel on guard about this. Like it starts to like run off the table a little bit and you definitely take a step out, a uh, step away from it before you are consciously realizing what you're doing yeah and i think as i take a step away from it to take the deep breath i stood up and as i take a step away from it i maybe put my hand on on hj's shoulder and sort of pull him towards me you know caught off guard by it and then i lean back in and, and observe it a little bit and you know i don't think that this this curse isn't it's not from nature what would be the what would be the alternative? Sorry, I'm just I'm just learning learning magic. I don't I don't understand it. The arcane. I guess from magic. Opposite of nature is the unnatural. It's usually magic. In a sense. Right. The point is, HJ's like we have to be really careful about mixing whatever this is, this magic with something that is natural or somebody else's magic. Well, it's it's this is going to stay stoppered in my pocket until we get the juice or the brine or the zest of the coral that's over at the docks at Alpine's Peak. I assume that's going to be a similar magic. Well, maybe not similar, but it, I'm assuming it's going to be magic. Seems likely. Mark, we haven't really previously spoken about this. Am I familiar with the the coral near Alpine's Peak? You know that there's no coral near Alpine's Peak. Yeah, as far as like the water and things go over there, it's good fish. Some crabs can be caught off like the one small dock on the bottom of the cliffside. There's usually some like barnacles. Yeah, up on the big posts that hold the pier up, but only a couple ships come in and out. Yeah, I think as HJ says that, I, I look down at him and I say, right, the coral. I'm... Looking forward to you showing me something I've never seen before. No one's ever seen one of these before. And he points down to the ball cactus. All right. Well, have we got what we need from it then? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, the rest can get disposed of safely. Great. Rowena's going to find like 
the pillowcase or something. And she's gonna like crack the rest of the pieces out of the cactus that that HJ kind of formed the cracks. She'll just, like mm-hmm. punch her way through to get it into smaller pieces, stack them all into the pillowcase, tie it up. All right, I think you two need to get some rest. I'll go take care of this. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, ask uh, Lewis for a little bit of food down there before I hit, hit the hay. Do you mind if I use this candle to uh, seal this really quick? It's not mine. It came with the room. You you know how to do I'll, it. You light and go to the side. Yep. Yeah. And I, and he he kind of lights it and waits for it, holds it to the side, and starts dripping it around the edge. Sure thing. Yeah. Nice and sealed in your uh, your cabbage cactus juice jar. You need anything while I'm out, Master Daydrove? I think. Cass probably finds the nearest window and just sort of like sticks one foot out and then very like ruggedly puts his other foot through and like, you know, lets out like a really loud grunt, like a, and then like over his shoulder just kind of gives a no problem from me. And then he jumps out and starts walking down the road to find a tree. Just shaking my head. And uh, as he's walking out, kind of in an individual scene, you know, alone walking down the road, he's just uh, like in one hand, got the bottle of whiskey and taking long drinks from it. And at the other hand, like gazing at this pomegranate in his hands that he's pulled out of his bag and just is walking down the street, you know, looking at it, observing it, turning it around in his hands and looking for a tree all at the same time. Absolutely. And yeah, camera's going to follow you holding and turning it around. And it's almost as if you're turning it, it just goes another deeper shade of red. A nice, strong whiff of pomegranate comes with the deepening as well. And it's almost as if it's ripening within your hand, but it, it still feels very tough. And the camera fades away from you as you continue down some trees spotted off in the distance. And uh, Rowena, you're going to be disposing of the evidence. I think we're going to catch you as you you come out into the main street. I'm going to go to the whatever like public stables we put the horses up at. Mm -hmm. Because I also know that we've got that other ball cactus that Ghost Rising left us there. Yes. I think on my way out of the hostel, I'm going to swing by the kitchen again. I'm going to like, or ask the the woman at the front desk if I can borrow that other jar that Lewis found. And I'm going to head to the stables with that and with this pillowcase. And I'm going to crack into the other ball cactus, juice it into the second jar, Mm -hmm. repeat the process of like smash the the rind up, mix it in to the pillowcase with everything else. And then I'm going to sling it over my shoulder and go for a little walk and look for a compost pile or like a public dumpster. So, some equivalent of like, where's the alley with all of the trash out behind one of the restaurants or the hotels? Yeah, Also certainly. keeping a little bit of an eye out for Cass if I see him. Not, not going to force it, but if I spot him, just keeping an eye out. Sure thing. You make the rounds. The the juice that you get out of this actual ball cactus is is clear with just the faintest hue of like yellow. It's almost indistinguishable from just a clear liquid. Doesn't have a milky nature to it at all. Really just kind of looks like almost pristine water. Um, has a much more subtler sweet smell to it. 
seems hydrating. There's plenty of leftover juice in it. So you're able to even just drink one of these and top back off again if you like. Probably. Have, yeah. Waste not, want not. <laughs> But you're able to sip on it as you break it down, get it. You you start walking about. You do find like some community gardens and like a nice path that you wind your way through. Uh, can you give me a perception check? Absolutely. I will say too that I am trying to be discreet, but not in a like, why mm -hmm. is that person skulking around way? Of course. Perception. <laughs> 22. Yeah, it's as you're kind of cutting through this community garden that clearly has like a pathway to go into like kind of the dumping area. It does seem to be behind some things that like this other path catches your eye as you can see like the top of what looks like almost like a, a modern take on a hand kind of up over like a, a little bit of a hill and, and your curiosity gets the best of you and you come over and you see 80% of like this modern statue that you've seen once before. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't like that. <laughs> it is unfinished. There's this nice big old plaque that like names it. It says, uh, a hand in creation is the title. It was produced by an artist 12 years ago. It was his final work. It was to be commissioned for the city, to for the community gardens. This is where he was building it. It was meant to be moved somewhere else. And he died before his work could be finished. Um, and like the piece, it, the fingertips aren't quite done, or the idea of the fingertips aren't quite done. And there's only a framework of what the thing is that it is building. And then there's like a big note from like one of the city officials of like, we believe that it is this and it is so tragic that he was unable to finish his work and we'll never know his true artistry. Other pieces can be found at such and such addresses throughout the city, things like that. And it seems like this was a 60 year old artist who passed away before he could finish off what some were saying was clearly going to be his masterpiece. The addresses for the other artworks are within Fallen Scale? Yes. Like it's community artwork throughout? Okay. Yeah. He he has uh, four pieces within the city. Interesting. Is there a name listed for the artist that is of relevance? A.Vol is the uh, artist listing. Interesting. Okay. I am going to copy down the name of the artist, A. Vol, and the locations of the other art pieces. I'm, you know, scribble it on a note card from my bag or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to go find, like, the manure pile, the compost pile, something, and bury these chunks of cactus rind throughout. And then I'm just going to wander around a little bit and kind of look for Cass. And it's uh, it's about 10, 15 minutes uh, to get the stuff buried. You, you go to a couple different places just to be sure. Probably ditch the pillowcase too as it's probably oh, been stained. Yeah. Doesn't smell Absolutely. too nice. But you, you do end up uh, finding your way towards about where you went and um, off to a side. You do see Cass perching himself up uh, kind of in between two palm trees. Uh, that are going up, and he seems to be able to uh, fasten kind of a, a, a sleeping rig up there. You doing all right there? I think Cass is holding the pomegranate still. Like, he's not making a secret out of it. He's just holding it. And uh, and he says, nature's a tricky one, you know? It's like, if you want to dispose of something it's given you, you put it all into a big, stinky pile, and you let it kill itself. And then... It gives you more life. And then, uh, 
and he looks at it and he and he kind of holds the pomegranate and he says you smell she weren't a woman were she the one who broke your heart and he stays with eye contact on the pomegranate and he says when I was a boy I was always told the gods were the guides they're not all powerful beings they're not they're not here to tell us what to do or how to win wars or they're here to guide us who knows to what salvation maybe I don't know but then I was a champion I was chosen by the god of nature and he like holds the pomegranate a little bit closer and he goes and I loved her and she loved me and then after what I can only call paradise, the gods shunned her for loving a human. And still he like is rolling kind of the pomegranate just in his hands and, and he and he looks up and he says, But I was a champion. So that's what you meant when the god of light came down, that you'd done this all before. And then uh, he kinda sits there quietly in his own thoughts and people of Alpine's Peak, they shunned me. The wrath of the gods, they said. The anger of the gods. Whatever curse of the gods. That's what I was. That's what I was bringing. I didn't stand a chance. Do any of us ever? Finally, he, he stands up and he holds the pomegranate in front of her. If anything happens to me, I could be dying. I do not care. You just make sure that you protect this. You have my word. Then he puts it back in his bag, and then he rolls over, and he—you can just see that he's jotting in his in his journal. Rowena just kind of watches for a moment, and then pulls the jar of the ball cactus juice out, and just kind of leaves it. You know, she's not going to interrupt him, hand it to him, but she's going to make sure that she makes an obvious show of leaving it somewhere where he can get to it. Yeah, a little clink on the stone below. And then she just kind of looks up and goes, Thank you for telling me. Maybe someday I'll tell you more about mine. And she turns and walks away. His response before she walks away is he holds the bottle of whiskey out. She'll take that, take a swig, sort of give him the like cheers, and then she'll just leave him be. It's the cheers that sends the camera up about 10 feet and then just zooms off over back to the room where we left HJ, who's gotten a nice seal wax and is going to like get the burger scarf. And as you pick up that scarf, you like wring it out a bit. And there's just that nice pool and you look down at it and just from the candlelight that is here and the light coming in from the window, you can see a reflection that is not your own. It wouldn't be, of course. But it's not your elder in one sense, it's this golden figure you've seen before during your spirit quest who spoke to you in a dream. And he just uh, is there looking right back at you. And he points over to the uh, side of the room. And your eyes follow, and there he is just standing in, like, full regalia, golden armor from, like, head to toe. He's got, like, a nice square jaw. He has some similar features to you, and he's uh, 
there, now that you've gazed over into the mirror. I know I was tired, but is, is it really you? Or am I dreaming? You're not dreaming yet, but you should rest. Y yeah, am, am I on the right path? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I did, but I've been observing and I'd like to help. Really? Yeah. I have always been curious where our lineage has taken us, and you're the first who I've been able to ride along with, so to say. Well, it's because apparently I'm not like the rest of the hunt. <laughs> that is obvious to me. Look, I'm, I think I'm going to make some big changes back there when I get back, and love for you to be there with me. I would like that too. But you should rest. I'd like to show you home when you do. If that's okay with you, it will be a long journey, but it'll be worth it. Oh, like after I go to sleep? It, you know, I, I think I. Are you, are you talking about like the, like the air walk? Like we're yes, we're gonna go air walking. Yes, like the air walk. It's <sighs> a clever way to say it. Oh, that was so much fun. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I can go to sleep right now. Well, no, now I'm excited. Are you safe here? I'm feeling pretty safe. I'll see you soon. Okay. As like a shimmer goes back to your own reflection. Okay. Well, I guess I'll uh, go go find the room and HJ will like ring out the scarf just in into the trash can, and if there's no trash can, just into the corner. <laughs> Sorry, Rowena. Out the window, even? Come on, man. No, I'm exhausted. No. That doesn't. No. That that does not. Yeah. That does not even like. If if, if there's like, no container, a corner is almost a yeah. container. It's got enough walls. As long as you don't yeah. do it on the bed. Nope. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely able to ring it out. Do you go get your own room? Or are you gonna pass out here? Uh, I think I'd probably uh, go go down and ask about a room. That nice woman is there and is more than happy to give you your own key, walk you up to another room. It's kind of like two doors down, lets you in, and you're easily able to, to get to sleep. You are exhausted. Kind of as soon as you go horizontal, you are out and immediately Bye. fall into a deep, heavy sleep. And all of you find sleep at some point in this night. Uh, Rowena got some reading to look over, but it's been a day still not making any sense sleep comes to you pretty quickly your journal entry goes smoothly Cass and for each of you something strange happens in the night Rowena you shoot up about four hours into your sleep and something has clicked in your brain and you just immediately pick up both books and can read them perfectly all weird notes in the side all of those strange markings you had before they make sense. And you just throw that book from Wizard Core and start diving into this book. From there, we smash cut over to Hunt Jewels, who we see like time lapse for the next like 12, 13, 14 hours of him sleeping. Rowena comes in at some point, tries to shake him up, like breakfast gets dropped for you, a cup of water gets poured on top of you, like the sun goes up, there's shadow, and you are just unconscious asleep for like 14 hours before you wake up. And over there for 
Cass, you've been asleep for about six hours before the attempts to wake up H.J. go through, and you get woken up by a, a sharp object hitting you in the forehead. It's light, but it's just the edge of it. And it like really just startles you awake, and there is just right in front of you, like rolled into your makeshift cot, a conch. Like a picture-perfect conch. It's like light in pink texture or pink coloring. It's incredibly smooth and polished. And there's like these strange markings that are ever so little on the backside. But the most surprising thing about it is you can almost see like a void on the inside of it. There's something strange resonating through. You think it's Gary's voice. (laughs) Just far off and soft as you're like waking up just before dawn you you can just hear softly uh, G- G- gary would like to talk to Cass. gary gary here get gary for Cass. gary get gary would like to talk to C- Cass now gary needs to know where Cass is gary thinks gary knows but gary needs to be sure Cass get, is get like gary for Cass. full-on looking into this conch shell to see if what on earth how why is he hearing this and he puts it to his ear gary oh gary yes yes best friend gary here um hi um where 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 are you gary maybe there are more important things that you could tell me like uh, okay, how but you, you found me oh oh well G- i i mm, it, it became really easy to find you G- G- gary found uh oh god what, what would that be uh like uh 24 blinks ago um and gary um uh, i I, just, I missed you uh, Gary just wants to know where you are, but also I, I think I know where you are, but I need to like know know where you are because I know that something's gonna happen, but I don't know if it's gonna like happen happen. But just yeah, Gary, are um, are you in the Sand City? We're in Fallen Scale. I'm hanging between two palm trees. Oh, Gary. oh, palm trees. I don't know what those are, but oh, but Gary, Gary's excited to know that you're there and that Gary is right. But Gary, Gary should just let you know you should go. You should just not be there. Cass holds the conch up while sitting up and like tying himself to the tree and disassembling his like hung system. He's taking he's taking Gary at his word, but while taking Gary at his word and disassembling his bed and all that right now, he is just a thousand questioning him. Okay, Gary, how do you, what, how, let's start at the beginning. How'd you get a hold of me? Oh, Gary can move now. Yeah, wi- yeah, uh, Wizard Wizard Core figured out a whole bunch of stuff. So now Gary gets to use all the word puzzles Gary's knows. So that way Gary can move his hands like Wizard Core. So I, I used Gary hand motions to find you. Cass is now like climbing down the tree. Okay, okay, Gary. And what exactly is this warning that you have for me? Oh, you just you just need to go. I thought like based based on what we know, you shouldn't be there. Gary, yeah, Gary, um, uh, we're not going there, but um, uh, other Gary is going to go there, and that doesn't seem good. Other Gary, also Cass at this point is like taking inventory of himself, making sure he's got all of this stuff, and puts a hand on the pomegranate to make sure he's still got it, and, it's still and there. starts walking towards the hostel. Okay, who's other Gary? Oh, Gary, uh, um, my uh, Gary, he, uh, G- Gary, Gary, Esley, Esley, Gary, Gary, or he might be Gary. He may be Esley, Gary. You, oh, you didn't see him because you never turned around. Red Gary. Okay. He says <laughs> the word red and Cass is in a full sprint to the hostel. 
and yeah, he gets to the hostel and immediately just heads towards Rowena's room. Rowena is sitting at her desk and she's got all of her smith's tools out on the table and all of these fucking papers and notebooks spread across the table and as soon as you throw the door open there is like an immediate instinct reaction where whatever it is that she was working on she just like throws her whole hand over to hide from you with one hand and the other hand grabs one of the books and just whips it behind her back like it's all one move as she just turns to look at you with the eyes of like what's up and with a conch to his ear uh, cast locks eyes with Rona and says, Slowed Waven Noel Katfatur. Starts shoveling everything into a bag. Oh, oh no, get, uh, get, um, you, you need to go, but like, not like now go. Like, yeah, no. Gary, oh, Gary caused panic. Sorry, Gary, I got all the, Gary got polar bear ice that Gary can eat. So Gary's hopped up on polar I, bear ice. I, I assume that Rowena cannot hear any of this, right? Oh, it, it's very faint unless you have it up to your ear. So okay, if you, like, so pull it away... Like, I'm you just making eye contact with you while I'm shoving things So Cass's bag. whole demeanor just, like, totally slumps over, like, Jesus Christ. Or, better said, how, how Rowena would say it, Oh, fate. As, so, as soon as the demeanor changes, she's just gonna, like, slow down a little, like, kind of pause set the bag on the table and just sort of like settle back in the waiting position like <laughs> Cass like gestures his hand over so that they share the conch as though it's the 90s and you're both on the same phone yeah just 100% right up on the other side to listen and he says Gary start with the important stuff oh, oh tell me I'm what's going on well, G Gary, Gary's got to go. Gary and Cor have one more stop before Gary and Cor come home. But don't worry, Gary will be there way early, so Dwarfman doesn't ruin anything. So Gary will see you soon, but not like good Gary or bad blinks. Gary. Wait, Dwarfman. Oh, Gary. Um, but yeah, uh, Gary's got to go get Cor. Wait, no, what Dwarfman? And and you, you like look back in, and that like weird void that you saw at the like inside of it is actually just a shadow now, and there's just been no noise from the conch. And I think you both get just that frazzled look for both of you and probably try to go wake up Jules, who's yeah, Rowan very just goes much asleep. Next door, mm. shakes Jules again, gets once again no response, and just sort of like kicks his bed for him and goes back to Cass. Not even a response. Like that is something you may feel in your like own vision quest right now as the camera just plunges into your forehead. And you, in a slow motion type feel have uh, elevated up out of your body and time seems to start rapidly increasing for you and it's just before sunrise comes up that kind of just walking across almost an invisible floor about 10-15 feet above the building that you've slowly floated up above is this gold clad tabaxi who's ready to whisk you off to home if you are ready for the journey I've been really hoping that I'd be able to do the air walk again. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a bit more of a run if you're willing. H.A. pops a smirk. I'm ready to go. Follow me. And he, yeah, just starts sprinting. And with like each step, he's going like 
quarter of a mile and you follow immediately after and you are just zooming across the land far off to the west you've gone over the mountains that separate kind of your own little biome for your hometown the the diaspora you've got like this nice jungliness and he's up above one of the rivers and then just jumps and dives through the water and you follow after and everything just seems to flip into like a 180 you're now falling upwards through just black murky water with bright white bubbles going up past you and both of you pop up walking now off of a shoreline and you come up to this big beautiful island that's also covered in all sorts of jungle and plant life and there are these large massive buildings there's actually three of them and they all seem to be like propped up on these strange wheeled and walking like devices like all of them could move at some point and you find yourselves walking up out of the uh, slapping waves the waves almost passing through you but you still feel the force of them you're coming up on shore and it's a constant twilight but you can tell that time is happening rapidly as you just see tabaxi families walking all across up and down the beach gathering things going to bed waking up going to work in moments you're seeing days pass for these shadows of figures do these buildings seem familiar the three big ones do yeah. you have definitely seen fancier versions of them strange strange these I I know this city I roughly recognize it too this this is diaspora this is one shape of it but I I I don't understand why why is it here what what are those those things below the buildings <laughs> they're uh what remains of its moving parts what do, you, what do you mean remains? You're saying that this is... This is not my home. Then then what is it? This is... This, you said this was... You're taking... Is this my home? I think this may have been a stop between our homes. Follow me. Okay, sorry. I am just have to wrap my head around the fact that there's, like, legs and tracks underneath these massive buildings. This is... What, the city hall is, what, 90 stories, right? That's uh, about. Wait. Oh. City hall? Yeah, that one. And I point to the biggest one. Huh. Much to show you. And he heads towards city hall and kind of gets you up, goes through the winding stairs, gets you up through. You're jumping from, like, level to level now, and you slink through. And it's about the seventh floor that he's able to kind of come into just what is a wall and almost phase through it. But you can see kind of like the shadow of like a sealed door and you walk into what shouldn't be a room. It should be a, a supporting structure. And there's all these sorts of controls and things like that. And he grabs onto one and pulls it out of where it's physically stationed and time begins to whir and wrap around you again as just kind of the room that you're in shifts back and forth. I believe this will take me to the home of our people, not just a pit stop. Oh, you mean off, off continent? I believe we were already off continent. This is all Sorry, world. I'm, 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 oh, fuck. I'm still just wrapping my head around the fact that the city 
Like, I knew that we came from somewhere else. I didn't know that we took the city with us. <laughs> Something like that. And then, yeah, all, all of these handles are kind of like swirling and whirling about. You're not sure which one is like a real one and just the room rocking and back and forth. This room fills up with just black, dark water and then empties back out again. And all four walls around what is the center column kind of just descend and out you walk into golden light. And you walk out, you're on like the seventh floor, and you look out, and before you is just a massive utopian city that has buildings upon buildings all way larger than this city hall, going as far as the eye can see with what looks like almost like parklets or almost plantations in between all of these various buildings. There are just tons of tabaxi as far as you can see, as well as these like tall 12 foot giant slender creatures that are just completely oily black and then have just two massive white eyeballs, kind of like oblong softballs, walking about, just seemingly taking notes, just observing the tabaxi, and then occasionally they'll stretch about 40 feet tall, grab onto something, then go up a building, and then find their way up to the tops of these buildings that are hundreds of stories tall. Have I seen these things before? You have not. It is uncomfortable to watch these things move it yeah. is yeah i think as one grabs the top of a building and kind of like stretches up and jumps up hj kind of just looks up and just says what what the fuck is that <laughs> those if you believe it or not once our creators once our masters and then our sworn enemy they're the reason we left they're the reason freedom exists within your soul. Okay, so what, what do I do with this information? Why are you showing me this? We could attain this again, but we'll never truly own anything while we're being controlled. We gave up all of this, everything you see here. And when I say utopia, I do genuinely mean no violence, no hunger, no want. So how do we get it back? We fight. We break the chains. We make sure that our destiny is our own. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with all that, but just this, this is just a little, what you're saying is just a little too good to be true. I mean, this, what I'm seeing right now is I don't, not sure I like the look of those those guys and you you said that they were our sworn enemy if we get this back this time's just going to repeat itself we got to <laughs> learn from our mistakes this is what it used to look like home this is what it looks like now and with like a hand wave just everything comes crumbling down into dust and you can see those big tall like spindly like creatures kind of just fall down and form off into a goo all the plant life shrivels up and really it just comes down to a nice black pool that's maybe six inches in diameter and just ripples every little bit 
This is what happens when they can't oppress. This is not a threat anymore. Right. But what you saw is what we could be. I just need to know that you can see the potential. Look, I I can see the potential, but I'm not sure if I 100% am on board with this utopian city idea. Good. Sorry, I'm just I'm just still confused. <sighs> and that's good. You have your wits about you and you have your freedom about you. You should try to achieve your own vision. This was mine, for it was a memory, but it's a memory you deserve to see. But we should work on forming new ones. Okay. Do the buildings still move? I sure hope so. And he, like, pats you on the shoulder, and you just go rushing all the way back to your body, and just two o'clock in the afternoon, just sit up gasping. <sighs> Am I... Do, do I feel like I've ran a million miles? <laughs> you feel so well rested. It is ridiculous. You are bounding with energy. You've got like this fervor within yourself, kind of like when you wanted to go off traveling for the first time and like leaving the city and just get out there in that thirst for adventure and you are up and ready to go. And there's just kind of like a holler from like down the stairs uh, horses are ready and it's just that nice old woman apparently your horses are ready but yeah you're awake there's a bit of confusion now as as everyone seems to be up it's kind of everyone opens up doors from various rooms in the hallway and just kind of like the point of like you're awake oh you're here guys i have so many stories Three heroes in a hallway, a call's been made out, the horses are ready, and up comes that uh, nice, kind woman who's helped you out with your baking of cookies and making sure you all had a bed or a room to study in and muse over. And she comes on up with a piece of paper and said, um, um, uh, Mr. Lewis dropped this for you, um, and just hands it off or hands it out to whoever is willing to take it. I think Rowena will probably grab it. Cheers. And she just heads off back downstairs and you open it up and it says uh, there's been a formal complaint issued for a attempted thievery out on the outskirts of town. A search may be starting, but it seems as though a mob of crazed burger fanatics are holding up due process <laughs> at City Hall. I recommend hitting the road at your convenience. Yep, look at that. Uh, go over to like the candle that's still lit on the desk or whatever. Light it on fire. I've played this game before. Leave no trace. What did it say? It says that we need to get out right now. Uh, Cass, turns out Gary was right. We need to get going. Cass is like 100% given the like, yeah, yeah. Go, let's go, 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 the, go, yeah, yeah, go. The, yep. the rush. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, time is now. Yeah, right. Uh, Jules, you, did, you didn't unpack anything, did you? No, I. Right, grab your I, bag. We can I talk went to bed, way. right? Okay, so, sounds good. Hey, uh, have you guys ever, like, seen something and then kind of, like, 
found your purpose before? Yes, he was my husband, and it was a long time ago. Now grab your bag and we can talk on the way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I don't think that I'm finding my husband, but... I, I don't discount anything with the way things have been going this week. True, true. Okay, yeah. Um, let's Let's go. As I leave, I want to skirt by the front desk and I'm going to leave three gold and just kind of quietly whisper to the, the gal, like, we left a bit of a mess. We're leaving in a hurry. I'm terribly sorry. Uh, if we, if you need more to cover any of the damages, I'll get you the next time we're back in town. I'm so sorry about everything, but thank you for everything you've done. And I, Borger, just say that Hunter Jewel said that you could have one of his free burgers. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. Thank you. And just like uh, hurries you off. And like they've been fed. I, I gave them a nice brush and um, in safe travels. You're so kind. Uh, if you see Master Lewis, please thank him for everything he's done for us. Like, big smiles, fully, like, big out nods. the door, like didn't stop moving this entire mm -hmm, conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you are on the horseback. You are quickly whisked out of town. There is uh, that like dopey guard who's like still has those like small little crumbs from his last cookie. And he just like puts them into his mouth and oh sees God. you and just waves is just very excitedly. Like, mm -hmm. um, and just or kind of like, like waves you off out of town. Still be good two days later. Yeah. You know what? Never mind. It's a very slow cookie eater. He savored it. He knew he had the long shift. <laughs> three days on three days off so uh, you gotta pass the time somehow oof Marana's just gonna book it and I assume Cass is right there with her we're just like hustling as fast as these horses will take us to get a good head start and it, it really is a, a a good amount of distance you clear before you actually slow down. You go past the, like, <laughs> beaten up part in the road where it uh, fell out a couple miles out of town. You're still able to skirt it, though. Thankfully, you don't really pass too many travelers. But it is when you get a few hours out of town, that little kind of, like, biome shift where you're, you're coming up to, like, towards the top of the T of the crossroads that you came down. You're getting out of kind of the dry, extra deserty. The, the tall grasses are starting to pop up as kind of you wind through kind of a ravine-like area. And it's just on this outside that you actually see G setting up camp. He's just kind of like rolling out a bed mat. He's uh seems like just finished up his tent and he's got like a, a small pot with some water in it. Rowena wants to catch Cass's eye and sort of like rein in a little bit. Yeah, Cass will definitely pull the reins on Brutus and and kind of, you know, wheel him around a little bit. Yeah, do the spin around down. so we can face each other <laughs> while yeah. we talk. But before, before he came into my room, did he say anything about what he meant by the dwarf? I'm assuming he's got to be referring to G because we know G and Kor have history. Or we He didn't know, say anything right like that. He, he didn't say anything like that. Well, the only other dwarf I've ever met... I mean, there's a few that come through Bastellan, but the only other dwarf I've really met is Alana. Well, like, could have been referring to her. She's certainly manic enough to be causing some sort of craziness. It doesn't seem likely. Cass looks down the way, looks down at his bracelet, and then mm. looks up at, uh, at Rowena and says, well... Do you think he's part of the problem or part of the solution? It's the trouble. Every time I think I know, it swings the other way. 
Well, we definitely see him everywhere we go. He's Hasn't he been everywhere that we've been? Just about. It's a pretty big world. Why is he always popping up around us? I guess the question is, is it worth stopping to talk to him? Or should we just keep going? I wouldn't mind asking a couple of questions, but... I mean... Up to you. He's here. He, he probably wants us to talk talk to him. Otherwise, I... Again, Cass looks kind of over the, you know, over the horizon towards G's camp and says, well, and he puts his hand on his sword. Is he more prone to talk with a knife to his throat? I kind of have a feeling that he'll be willing to talk to us with without a knife. I, I just don't think we want to do that. I mean, I did try to deck him the last time I saw him and didn't really go well, so... <laughs> we also know what each one of those lines on his tattoos mean. I mean, he's... Cass pops like a slight smile at the, I tried to deck him last time we talked to him. And he turns to HJ and goes, all right, kid, show us the way. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's go. And HJ whips the horse and goes over towards G. Hey, fancy seeing three of you here. Good to see you're uh, all met again. Yeah. What, what brings you over to fallen scale? Honestly, I don't trust that core. This was the uh, last place I actually remember seeing them. So, uh, I was going to camp out here a week or two. How long ago was that again? A couple hundred years, you said? Oh, at Something least. Like... 150? 250? Hard to keep track of it all. But, um, no, some after I left, something didn't sit right. Core asked you for a piece of paper, right? To figure out the math of the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when we asked how long it would be, immediately they said six weeks. I don't know. Something doesn't sit right. So you're saying that they didn't need that they used the paper for something else? No. I think six weeks was a bluff. I think... There's no way it's going to take Core six weeks to figure out what Core wants to do. What is it exactly that you think Core wants to do then? Any guesses? <laughs> Come back, raise hell, figure out who the hell put them there, wherever there is. They've <laughs> uh, been quite many places, but if their return has anything to do with those ecos, it's probably going to be on the outskirts of a big town. This was. One of the last places I remember traveling with Kor. Figure it's as good a shot as any. Only a day's travel from three big cities. If uh, something comes up, be quick to respond. You know anything about art, G? Appreciate it every once in a while. Not really an artist myself. Came across the work of an artist in Fallen Scale. Goes by the name uh, Evol. Ah! Good. <laughs> Well, well-to-do uh, crafter. Sculptures, mainly. Very abstract viewpoint. God, only finished about 19, 20 before he passed. Good stuff. Always seem to get better. Admirable trait. Do you know what his uh, medium was, particularly? Did he use his, you know, his own hands carving things like that? Or was it something yeah, more uh, mystical? No, uh, no. 
uh, always hands, perfectly normal individual. They uh, started with clay, did about eight sculptures there, moved on to bronze for three, porcelain for a few more, and got into woodworking towards their uh, last few projects. The final one was a supposed to be a mixed median project. Curious, because I uh, came across him for the first time in Fallen Scale, except it wasn't the first time I'd seen his work. I, I mean, he's been written about and published. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's more impactful Oh, no, no, no. The first time I saw work like his was out in the middle of a forest. I mean, he was a native to Fallen Scale. Being created by elementals. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's where we got the eco from for the Wizard Corps. Some very artistically minded earth elementals. That's uh, thrown in the face of everything we know about elementals, then. They're mindless beasts that act on instinct of the element that they're ground in with characteristics that are predictable and controllable. They're conducting art or speech or freeform thought. Well, that would completely turn everything we know about elementals upside down. You've never heard of anything like that happening before? No. I've heard of rogue elementals seemingly having unbridled rage toward specific people, but that's about it. Usually they're eco-handlers. That tracks. Every time you turn up, I learn something new about the world. I, uh, hope that's a good quality. We'll find out. Well, if you don't mind, I'm setting up camp. Got dinner on the stove. If you want to hang out for the eve, it's still early if you'd like to keep your travels going, I understand. Rena's going to kind of look at Cass. It's a little bit of that look of kind of asking, like, should we say anything more? Cass gives a very slight head nod that says kind of like, we should keep moving. Because I think Cass is in full sort of paranoia mode. Something is coming oh. our way. Yeah, same. So, well, uh, thank you for the offer. It's uh, good to see that you're doing well. But I think, I think we've got to be carrying on. We might be a bit wanted in Fallen Scale, so um, better to head on out and let things die down. Champions' jobs never done. Cheers. Hey, gee, if you ever need a, want a burger, go into iBurger and just uh, look at the wall when you're in there. I mean, I've. I've attempted the challenge, but no, I don't think any mortal's going to finish that. Um, yeah, home of the biggest burger. It's quite tasty for the first half. I'm not a champion for nothing. All right, we got to go. Jeep, take it easy. Yeah, like, it definitely has, like, a concerned look on his face as you ride <laughs> off. And, like, you, you get out of wave. He's like, wait, did you do it? No, wait. <laughs> did you really do it? Some champion the saved the world. <laughs> And yeah, you ride off with with a bit of new knowledge, a, a friendly face as you pass by. You're able friendly. to make your way up up north a bit more. You see kind of that other crossroads town. This time, instead of you know two lackluster guards up at the front, there's about twelve guards, and it seems that there's been a fortified perimeter around the crossroads. And they hail you and come out to meet you as you come up. You, uh, passing through? Unfortunately, uh, city's closed up tight. We're not really taking on travelers at this time. What happened? Uh, there's a beast out to the east seems to be running amok. We've been ordered to shelter up, 
could be for the long haul. And I'm sorry to say it, but we don't have the resources to take on many more stragglers. Could be days, could be weeks. What kind of beast? Uh, the report says uh, some champions were dispatched a few weeks ago to take care of some beast stirring in the West, and seems like the problem's only exasperated. Rowena kind of looks over to Jules and Cass and just holds up five fingers, asking about the group of five that was dispatched at the same time with and us. Jules is like the, the ones in blue. It, it definitely rings a bell. You remember the uh, twins that uh, yeah, the y- twins. you had raced into town with? You also remember the uh, terrified gnome that wouldn't take his eyes off of G, um, as well as what appeared to be an orc shaman and an elf wizard. They were dispatched for something off to the west. Did you get a look at them before they went in? Did you see the group? Oh, we we didn't see anything. Um, we, we got a report from from the city on over after the uh, their, their southern homesteads have been ransacked. Some have been fortified, but most have been abandoned and cloistered up in the city gates. How far from here? Last we know, attack due east on the roads. The homesteads just south of Bastellan been been ransacked. Rowena's just, again, sort of like wheel her horse around and just kind of look to everybody and be like, it's where we'd be passing through again, and it's where we've been the last couple of times we've come by this way. I just have a hard time leaving some fellow champions out, out there to dry. I'm more concerned with the fact that this stuff seems to be following us. Maybe it's coincidence, but... This up in the homesteads, G turning up at full and scale. Even Lefty said things about Alpine's Peak, isn't that? And she sort of looks at Cass and doesn't finish the sentence. Cass looks to Rowena and gives a nod and points his horse east towards the homesteads. She will also just nod and kind of look to look to Jules to kind of get the like we good Jules just like just nods 10 times just we're good we gotta we gotta save the twins and everybody else onward fates be with you as like you just ride off from this uh like guard and yeah it's 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 a quick jaunt like the roads are on your favor you've got like a tailwind the horses even seem to have a figure to themselves of just getting closer to Bastellan as night is falling. Um, and as night does fall, you can still see just billows of smoke here and there coming through the, the western portions of it. Homes are abandoned, but once you get towards that middle kind of line up with the gates of Bastellan, you can actually see just kind of like a barricade line and almost a trench dug through, like right through some of the homesteads. And off on the eastern side, that's where these plumes of smoke are coming up from. Looks like fires here, fires there. Uh, various city guard, militia, adventurers, guild people are kind of all there pitching in where they can to kind of supply and restock up. And it seems like there's many spotters about. The Smythe Homestead was on the kind of southeastern edge yep. of things. Does it look like that's the direction where this stuff went down? It, everything on the eastern half everything. of everything okay. in the southern homesteads looks like it's been impacted. Whether it was intentionally abandoned and potentially burnt, or it was 
attacked, smashed through. Um, if there's like a group of guards, relief workers, something mm-hmm. nearby as we roll up, I think I want to roll up. And I think Rowan is going to fish around in her bag and get she's got the box of like adventuring guild insignia and stuff that was given mm-hmm. to us i think she's gonna dig down even further than that and pull out her insignia as a member of the trade guilds from Bastellan, like her yeah. actual one that she never actually turned in when she left obviously mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she's just gonna like clip that onto the edge of her breastplate so that it's not make a big deal out of it but make sure that it is visible since it is ties to the city, and then kind of roll up to a group. We heard there was trouble this way. Can you tell us anything about what's going on? A vicious attack. Flying beast came through. I was able to breathe fire. Came through. Thankfully, no casualties. Livestock's been pulled. Uh, We've hit it with volleys of arrows and crossbow bolt fire. We've been able to repel it, but came through diving not sure where it attacks next or if it is going to attack we've sent word east to hopefully prepare themselves that's where the beast was last seen how recent was the last attack three four hours ago came swooping in bevy of fire upon it most of it sunk true and then swallowed a cow in one bite seemed to snap back into a vigor and flew off east does it have an objective with these attacks is it just getting food What's, what's it trying to do? Do you, do you have a pattern? <laughs> spread fire, spread chaos, grab what it can and fly back out. Hoping we don't see it again. We actually hit it with one of those and he like takes over and there's like a, a, a like a full on like 12 foot long bestial like coming through that has like four foot long arrows with like eight, nine inch tips. Oh, okay. Does the council know? Uh, they've been made aware. They're taking care of everyone inside. Anyone out here in the homesteads have been brought in. Walls have been closed up. Thankfully, it hasn't made a run at the town. Right. If it did, we've got mages on the wall. Good. I think that like while this conversation is happening, Cass just sort of slowly trots past it to kind of get a lay of the land, looking for like maybe some sort of like directionality for where it flew to or like you know after it caused this chaos what way it was moving towards i'm basically looking for tracks here yeah absolutely uh go ahead and give me a survival okay well let me just check one thing really quick you do get to add your d4 <laughs> you do get to add your d4 okay. yeah. i couldn't remember <laughs> hold on there just give me one second there mm-hmm that's an 11. An 11. It's not too difficult to spot. You can definitely see lots of arrows and bolts that have been broken and not reclaimed yet. Um, but you do see kind of out a heavy imprint of what looks like foot and a half wide dog prints. And then about six, seven feet behind them, it looks like two giant lizard feet then jumped off after pouncing there, and there is a swash of a tail another five or six feet behind it. Okay. Cass turns relatively quickly to Rowena and and HJ, and kind of with a look of urgency on his face, points towards the tracks. It's like, hey, look, and gives kind of the you know, like we know where we're, we know where we're going, so let's go. Rowena just gives him the nod and turns back to the guard or whoever she's been talking to, and 
thank you. We'll um, we'll be on our way then and see what we can do to keep this thing from coming back. <laughs> good good luck to you. I hope I never see it again. I hope you don't either. How many heads did it have? Three. Uh, you know, just just once, just once, I'd like it to be a normal pack of wolves or something. Just once. <laughs> I know how to deal with wolves. I've dealt with wolves. Says Rona. She just like follows Cass and starts heading heading east again. It's uh, getting darker, but there are various fires still being put out. It it seems oddly calm. and It it is a bit of a ghost town now. There's still smoke in the air, but you're able to kind of make your way through. And you, you do find kind of like patches of footprints where it seems like it's almost been landing on the ground, jumping, gliding, 60 some odd feet, landing again, jumping, landing. It's kind of got this pattern and it seems to be going up and over the roads. And then it seems to just get on the actual road itself. And it seems like it like sunk into the ground a bit, like it were almost smelling the air. Can kind of almost see through these tracks that it has and there's just a bunch of scurrying so there's just these big heavy dog prints in the front and there's all these scratches like a giant lizard in the back a tail whipping back and forth and you can actually find what looks like a four foot long peacock feather that's like seven eight inches in width kind of around this area and there's a couple of these like molted off feathers and it seems like it's picked up a scent and rapidly started heading east along the road. I think we're just going to keep racing after this thing, especially because mm. as long as we're in a small enough group and everyone else seems to be off the roads, we might be able to gain on it based on what we've observed of road travel previously. Yeah, let's go. As we ride again in classic maneuver at some point, Rowena will pull up next to Cass and just sort of like palm a cookie into his chest. <laughs> He will grab the cookie and and laugh and put it inside of his, yeah. his uh, cloak. Who is going to take a point on this uh, race? I think that I probably will, given that I saw the initial tracking, tracking, right? Yeah. yeah. Can I get from you an animal handling? A fif- 15. Yeah, it is definitely kicking up off to the races everyone kind of falls in line with you and you're able to maintain this pace you're kind of like going through you spot the tracks as needed you're able to set this nice pace and you are rewarded for your efforts as uh you're all going to need to roll initiative and with that you're also going to get advantage on initiative as you come up to the backside of this 15 foot long creature that has the hind body of a lizard but on its top back is giant wings filled with peacock feathers that run down to a limp and broken head off to its left that is a broken neck of a peacock head much smaller than the very active lizard head and it kind of whips around to see you trotting up and its front side is covered in dark black and gray fur and off to the right is this like half crushed in head of a dog off to the side and limp but there in the middle is a nice big overactive lizard head with big eyes walking around and just behind it Maybe 150, 200 yards back is a fortified, untouched Aria. You got there before it could start sieging it. What 
is y'all's initiative. We gotta get you in here. We gotta beat up this already beaten up monster, because the other champions clearly did us a solid. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. I hope you're not dead. Hopefully you're not dead. <laughs> uh, Cass, remind me what you got. 18. 18. And Jules? 17. That's right. I was like, I knew there was a 17 there. Nine. Um, and that is going to kick us off with Cass. You can get up to within 30 feet before this thing actually whips around, if you like. So I will preface. I think that there is a large portion of things that Cass does not understand fully about his magic and abilities as a ranger, regardless of how good he thinks he is at combat or how well-trained he thinks he is. True. And I think at random times in various interactions he has randomly, he will just sort of like get a, like a bad feeling in his gut, a chill up, up his back. When that happens, he is unknowingly casting Detect Portal as something is potentially drawing him. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, Got it. That is what I'm doing. I'm going to use my first action to cast Detect Portal. Excellent. And that has a range of, I believe, a mile? One mile, correct. You can sense two portals. One is in your backpack, the shape of a pomegranate. Attracts, <laughs> <laughs> attracts, okay. Mm -hmm. The other one is in the north end of Aria, just before you would leave the town to the right side of the road. Aria or the town we were at? Aria. Aria. You're now We're on the outside. Aria. Of, yeah. Right. Aria is like 100, 200 yards ahead of you. And uh, if you can sense portals within a mile, you know that there's one something on the uh, northern end of Aria on the right side out um, before you would leave town. And with that, can you actually give me a wisdom just flat roll? Ah, oh, it like teetered on the 19, but landed on the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are like, why the hell would there be a portal in Aria going somewhere else? And, you, and you're not even sure if that is actually what it is, because this is kind of a thing that maybe has happened once or twice before in the past. And you kind of yeah. like lost this ability, but you've been knocking off some rust. And uh, yeah, you uh, have just this weird sense of space once within your bag and like another space you can't really define on the north end of Aria. Okay, my second thing is, and you can tell me if I can or can't ask this, is it obvious to me if this creature has any sort of intent with that portal or with that thing, that space? Like, is it moving that direction? Is it... It was clearly moving towards Aria before it heard you coming up behind it. Okay. Um, and then it whipped around, seeing this thing's face and like two limp, lifeless heads on essentially its shoulders is a little terrifying, but the amount of blood that surrounds the like mouth of this lizard, this thing just seems to be hunger crazed. Okay. Do I still get an attack action? Or I mean, device, I mean, port, portal is sort of my, was sort of what I intended to be just my whole action. Yeah, you still yeah, have a okay. bonus action. Oh, then no, that that's it. I'm good. I think I will have that interaction by myself in terms of the space, the portals that I feel. And it probably looks like from HJ and Rowan's perspective, like like I just shuddered and something is like sort of made me hesitate while on the horse. I suddenly went from going into battle to just sort of like chills up the spine, yeah. Yeah. And and Great. you know, and reeling back. Um how far away did you want to be from it? 
Um, you can be anywhere between the 30 and 60 feet markers. I will be 30 feet. I think that makes sense since I was Great. leading the charge. And that will bring us up to Jules. How close can I get to this thing? You can start your turn anywhere between 30 and 60 feet. Essentially, I'm just allowing you... It's going to whip around when the first person kind of got to 30. So if you want to start your turn 30 feet away from it, go for it. Yeah, I'm going to... I basically... I want to start my turn and run run up to it as fast as I can. As as I'm running up and HJ looks invigorated, he looks way better than he's looked for the past entire week. And he looks at Cass and Rowena. We're not going to let this thing lay a paw on Arya. And we're going to run up to it. Get on in there. Do do your monk shenanigans. Yeah, you're, you're able to like half ride, slip off into a full sprint. And uh, yeah, how, how do you want to get this thing? So I want to run up to it, do a baseball slide basically right under its leg. So I'm, you know, under its dog face. And then I'm going to pop a key point And I don't think that... HJ realizes that this is happening, but I'm going to bust out the uh, the arms of the astral self, and it's going to need to make a dex save. Let's go. It fails. Uh, so that's two, 2d4 of force damage. Five force damage as, as just these massive golden armor clad tabaxi arms with these like amazing bracelets and like these brass knuckles just like pop out of Jules's shoulders and are basically like over his arms as kind of extensions. And Jules kind of is like kind of surprised and it's just like, wow, I knew you'd be coming with me. And then just crouches down and just huge uppercut and is going to do his uh, his two attacks. And I believe now you can choose to use your wisdom if you I'm, want, but I'm I think you're using, sticking with I'm dex. I'm just going to still use dex, yeah. But also now your attacks deal force damage. Yes, they do. Which is pretty sweet. So that first one is a 15 to hit. That will hit. And then the second one is a 24 to hit. That will also hit. So that's going to be a total of 11 force damage. Yeah. You just one, two uppercut this thing, and it's one, you know, still alive head, the lizard, and it kind of like reels back a bit and seems to have bit down on itself, and it is... Not too happy. This is fucking personal. <laughs> it just lets out a nice big hiss. Is there anything else you wanted to do on your turn? Nope, that's all I can do. I'm I'm bonus action and action. I'm, I'm all tapped. Great. And it is going to go ahead and try to bite you with its one active head. And a 10 to hit. Uh, that's a miss. That's a big whiff. And as it like chomps down, you duck under it. It's going to uh, stand up onto its hind legs and do like a like jump kick itself and try to just scratch you with its hind legs as it like flops back down in front of you. Uh, for another whopping 10 to try that's, and hit. These that's another miss. Hella average. So yeah, it's just swiping and slashing away and comes up for not. Kind of repositions itself a, a little bit around you, almost as if it's uh, maybe just stalking you a little bit, but that will bring up Rowena. Right. Still trying to be clear on space. I, I need to get within melee range. Can I do that with just my existing movement or do I? Need yes, you can start okay. your turn within 30 feet of it. Great. Just being clear. Then I'm gonna do like a running dismount off of Farrier and kind of send him off to the side. 
and run up and take a hard swing at a leg or something with my short sword. 17 to hit. That will hit. Great. Great. So, the hit itself is gonna do six piercing damage, but as I hit with this, because the flavor is too good, the short sword is going to erupt in flames. Dope, dope, dope. That is gonna be an additional six fire damage, and I need it to make a strength saving throw to avoid being restrained. That is going to be a seven. That will not pass the DC of 11. So it is now restrained for one minute and will take 2d6 fire damage at the start of each of its turns. It can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns to avoid this. So this fire erupts out of the short sword out of nowhere and kind of like wraps all of the legs in this like weird ephemeral fire chain. And Rowena just looks fully startled and confused as this happens. And it's at that point, too, those chains just were like kind of loose wrapping around, but they have now just snapped into position and are clearly chains and have actually just pressed this thing's limbs as far away from each other as possible. And it just lets out just this terrible moan of pain, bringing up Cass. You uh, just saw some weird ass shit. Your tabaxi monk friend just burst out with glowing light. Your fighter friend with her, you know, somewhat new magic sword that cleans itself just burst forward fire, causing chains to come through, binding this thing, restraining it. And it is your turn. And you got that eerie feeling on the back of your neck. Like there's uh, pockets of space on the outskirts of town. And, uh... You're on horseback 30 feet out, and there is a vile creature in front of you. I think that Cass sets this that feeling aside for a second, and once he sees the fiery chains wrap around this 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 creature and you know says to himself, Oh, shit, right. And he pulls out the sword and hops off of Brutus and runs towards the beast that's now restrained and swings away with his with his short sword. 21. Also, it is going to hit, but before you roll damage, did you want to use a bonus action? Yes, I am going to use my planar warrior bonus action. And so that is uh, 10 damage. And I think that what happens is that as Cass is running towards this, um, like a, (laughs) the only example I can think of is Johnny Cage, but a Johnny Cage (laughs) style, like, you know, Mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of light stream shadow mimic of Cass's self follows very closely behind him and as he swings his sword it sort of just like whips into his body as sort of the second spirit follows up his attack to do a total of 10 damage this thing just gets whacked right up the side and actually does break the skin a bit and you have like this like gash with just like some blue blood seeping out of it now so you know that uh, all of that blood on the front of it uh definitely not its um which is a slightly terrifying prospect as this thing seems to have been feeding on quite the people uh it's going to come up to then jewels if that's the end of your turn 
I think that as Jules comes down from his double uppercut, he's just going to keep it going and just try and pound this thing's face into the ground with his astral arms, bopping a key point for three attacks. An 18, a 9, and an 11. Uh, the 18 will hit. Okie dokie. Love that. Boom, 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 boom. That's going to be six force damage. Yeah, definitely winces from the sheer force going to it. it. You can see that it like wants to get away. Um, ooh, actually, that brings up a really good point. It's restrained. Those two attacks that missed, actually all three of the attacks, uh, go <laughs> ahead and roll three more attacks because you should be attacking at advantage. Okay. Attack rolls against creatures that restrain have advantage and its attacks will have disadvantage. I'm rolling for the one that hit to see if I crit, did not. Rolling for the next one. Ooh, that's gonna be a 23. And the third one hit. Is, is still gonna be an 11. Uh, so I'm going to roll one more damage dice. Going to be an extra four damage. That's 10, 10 force damage total. And Cass, if you want to roll to see if you would have crit on your attack, please do. I, I did. I, I didn't crit, though. Jump, 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 jump. Thank you. I'm really Got glad that once again, I'm going to provide the assist that gets Jules the kill shot, as is tradition <laughs> did I get in this it? campaign. Did I get it? <laughs> <laughs> this thing is definitely taking a walloping for those of you following closely at home it's already taken 48 points of damage it's a lot it uh, is feeling it it's got some sores it's got some open wounds but this thing seems to just be enraged more so than it was it does try to just fly up with its wings and it takes and it seven fire damage the at the ground. top of its turn yes it does <laughs> as those chains just and it, you can tell that it is trying to fight it and break free from it. And in doing so, it does just look down and see all three of you. And with its head is going to let out its own fire as it opens up and almost like a sack in the back of its throat just lets loose some sort of ignitable fumes as it will do a cone to sweep all three of you. I need three deck saves, please. Um could I could be dead. How many deck saves do we need? Uh, you each need one deck save. Yeah. One no. I got it. I uh, but for that comment, five. <laughs> oh, boy. I got a 21. HJ with a 19. Rowena with a 12. You all pass. Woo. Congratulations. You'll be taking half of this fire damage. Thank God. Which is going to that be... That means that I get to live. That is going to be eight points of fire damage. That is what it does. And at the end of its turn, it will try to break free from these chains. And it is a strength saving throw. Strength saving throw at the end of its turn. Yes. DC that is a walking 11. six. That is not going to do it. It is still that restrained. Is not going to do it. It is still restrained. It will be taking more fire damage on its turn. And it hates that. Sucks Let's go on to Rowena. I would like to bonus action shove my cookie in my mouth. Dope, dope, dope. <laughs> And as I eat my cookie, I am going to shake, recover from the like weird fire thing that just happened that I wasn't fully ready for. And <laughs> I'm going to just take a nice swing at this thing, which is absolutely going to hit. That's like a 25, seven damage. Then just for the fun of it, I'm going to go ahead and action surge. Action surge. And I'm gonna it's do always fun. That again, take another swing because I just want to be done with this bullshit. I was not here for this. That is an 18 to hit. You that will kill. hit. Cool, 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 cool. I would love to get a kill for once in this game. That would be nice. Uh, and that is going to be another eight damage. 
you're walloping on it. It definitely feels it. It hates being restrained because uh, you're thinking it may have flown away already at this point. Anything else you'd like to do? You've action surge, you bonus actioned. I think you're good unless you want to move. Uh, no, I'm fully within opportunity attack range. And even with its disadvantage, I don't want to risk that. I need to be close. So I'm just going to stay here. That brings us up to Cass. Cass is like not freaking out, but definitely kind of like, okay, that was neat. And says to himself, like, can I do that again? And then he just picks up his sword, full, you know, astral projection and everything, or at least trying to attack this. Kind of surprised by the fact that he got to the first time. Uh, Go ahead, roll to attack. The bonus action has been spent. A 14 will connect. Oh, yeah. And with advantage, let's see if you crit. No, no crit. Okay. Uh, shit. Well, no matter, maybe it's weaker this time, but with astral projection and everything, it, it appears the same, uh, but this time he only deals six damage. But as he swings, he can, he definitely notices that it's there. So he takes it as a mental note, like, okay, I'm going to have to learn to control this. <laughs> swings yeah. all the way through. Certainly. And did you want to move? Yes. I think I will move back 30 feet from it. Because I was already up next to it when I attacked it the first time, right? It was restrained. Did yes. Did it break, break free? Did I miss that? No, it did not break free. It is still restrained. Okay, then yeah. I, once I swing at it, I will then take a step, you know, take steps back 30 feet. Excellent. It is not going to bite out at you, even though you leave yourself open. And that brings us up to... Uh... That's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is going to bring us up to Jules. Yeah, two, two more attacks. Yeah, your compatriot did a weird retreat, left himself open, and you saw the darting eyes of the thing, like, almost snap out at him, and then just go back to you to defend itself. Um, yeah, L- laid on me. Yeah, two, two more attacks. This thing ain't getting one step closer to Arya. Let's go. That's two. Oh, and, and, I, and I have advantage, too, still, right? Yep. It's still retrained. Okay, well, yep. for, for the record, I just rolled two 21s, uh, and neither of the next ones crit. Uh, so I'm going to roll some damage. <laughs> they both hit. Yeah, 21's hit. That's going to be another 10 force damage. Excellent. Yeah, you bop this thing real good. You almost feel crunches underneath your hands. Crunch. Oh, yeah. And that was your bonus action in action? Would you yep. like- nope. I want to just stay right in front of this thing. Awesome. At your turn end, it's going to take its special opportunity action. Don't like and that. it's going to it's try. It's going to take six fire damage. At the, yeah, at the top of it's, its the turn. Top of its turn. And it dies is, before da, I can is do this not thing. enough to quite take it down. Oh, no. But from, from the space that Cass fell back from, it was able to spot Rental. No, Just not kind of rental. off to the side. No, and is going to open its mouth, unhinging its jaw as its tongue just reaches out mess. 30 feet and tries to entangle this horse and with disadvantage is going to grab onto it and pull it straight into its mouth and then the horse is just gonna fold in half it's gonna spend its action to swallow it as you see this giant thing fall and into its gut a small light kind of comes out from its stomach washes over the small wounds that you have healed just ever so slightly and the chains are broken off of it yep yep no but jules get it together 
I love that horse! You love everything! <laughs> That's why you always stop to talk! That brings us up to Rowena's turn. She's just like screaming in pure frustration. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take a take a harsh swing at this guy. That's a 25 to hit. That will connect. Delightful. I keep forgetting what my modifier is for this flipping weapon. <laughs> You'd think I'd know by now. That is nine damage. There we go. Yeah, those freshly healed wounds are already opening back up again. And I think because she's so aggravated, just kind of unconsciously without realizing it, she hits a little harder than usual. And we're going to add another three to that with the giant's might. Excellent, excellent, yeah. As the bonus action. So yeah, you, you take this nice big swing, and I think it is kind of one of those you like reel back, and it's as you arch over you just feel like you've got like a height advantage and you're just bringing this hammer down on it sword down on it swinging the sword like a hammer because to be let's be real (laughs) even though she is trained in the sword when she gets aggro she just defaults back to full like hammer rage Mm -hmm. yeah this is one of those sledgehammer swings you've uh used on the occasion but yeah you sink this thing right into it and you just you're ready to take this thing on you're staring it in its eyes now Cass, you're about 30 feet back, and man, dude, Rowena is hammering down on this thing, and she's fucking, she looks seven feet tall, just going to battle on this thing. I see that and pull out my my bow and arrow and just kind of give a whistle, like, hey, watch out. Damn, 10. Oh, it's not restrained anymore either. I don't get the advantage. No, no, it's not. So I knock the arrow and load it back. This time, no astral self, nothing. I just try to make sure I don't hit Rowena. And as I let it go, I like doubt myself for a second and it flies out and swings far left, completely misses this guy. It does. Uh, Do you want to reposition any or stay back 30 feet? No, I think Cass is frustrated and is going to stay perfectly still and reload another arrow. (laughs) Got it. But you are at the ready. Uh, Jules? Jules has is like almost fighting back some tears because he 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 always said he didn't give a shit about rental but seeing rental just get eaten literally inches from his face was not a great experience so jules is going to spend another key point and just rage punch this thing into oblivion with flurry of blows go 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 oh my god i think i whiffed all of these that's in 11 12 and an eight those are all whiffs. Crap. <laughs> but you do feel a little bit better as you are going to get the opportunity to attack it again because it is going to just start batting its wings up and away from you as it is just going to try to fly straight on up. Yeah, let's... Okay, 17 for that opportunity attack. 17 connects. Do I also get that opportunity attack? You do. Cool. Please don't hate me. That's fine. I crit. Yes! <laughs> That's what it should uh, be. And I, and I dealt max damage. Woo! Uh, so, seven, uh, how much damage seven, did you get? Seven force for HJ. Great. And uh, 16 Rowena? piercing for Rowena. Yes! <laughs> and is that with your giant's might? Right. Then let me. It is new ability stuff. Um, it is also a crit, so roll that twice. 
Oh shit, okay, so that adds another 9 for a total of 25 from my swing. And that is enough to bring this baby top one. Yes! So yeah, it comes up. It is clearly fighting for survival. It thought it could fight. It went into flight. Jules, you get that first one. And as it's coming out, you get up and above this thing, which feels surprising because you swear it was bigger a moment ago there, Rowena. And how do you want to knock this thing out of the sky? She got startled by the fire and then she just got frustrated because like once again, she knows Cass is off somewhere, but she's not sure what he's doing. HJ is like talking and lashing out emotionally. She's not sure what to do with any of this. <laughs> and like, it's it's just that general like pent up frustration that she constantly has that she doesn't have any place for. So she just full on drops the shield off her arm and just swings up and does the full like overhead fuck you swing on this sword into this thing. And I don't, I don't even think she consciously realizes that it she's shifted size. I don't even know if that's like actually happening or just metaphorically, but like she just swings over and just cleaves this sword deep into this thing. Oh yeah, it goes right on through the one remaining head of it and just sinks on down into that chest. And it just comes with a wet thud onto the ground. And that's when you look over to your side. Jules only comes up to your waist now. Oh. It's kind of on this moment where you all don that you've literally doubled in size. You are standing 10 foot 6 at the moment. Jules has these bright golden arms that extend way past his own reach around his own arms. And you even clock Cass almost being in two places at the same time. You all have kind of this surreal moment of looking at each other. Neat trick. And you can see kind of from the line of uh, people out there that were fortifying Arya, they all kind of start wandering out. They're about 20, 30 feet ahead of them is Brutus. Not my horse, right? No, no, not, <laughs> not the horse Brutus. Fuck. The actual Brutus. And he comes marching on up. Just kind of like gives a crack of his neck. Cass looks at his wrist even though he's not wearing a watch. <laughs> and looks at Brutus and goes, son of a bitch. Eleven Fates is an original D&D 5e campaign brought to you by the Torpid Gaming Network, a variety streaming channel and community for gamers of all kinds. Your cast includes Lady Bedivere, a.k.a. Alondra, Pylos, a.k.a. King of Pylos, a.k.a. Nestor, Sunset's Brew, a.k.a. Brew, a.k.a. Zep, and the Lord Bonk, a.k.a. Bonk, a.k.a. Mark, as the DM. You can catch new episodes of 11 Fates streaming live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash torpidnetwork. Those episodes are made available as a podcast and on YouTube every following Saturday. Mostly. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Torpid Network or hop directly into our Discord server so you get updates on upcoming live streams, podcasts, collaborations, and other projects. And remember, here at the Torpid Gaming Network, we do three things. We have fun, we get immersed, and we do, do epic, epic shit. shit.
Thanks for listening. I can't believe that I only got one more key point. <clears throat> I need at least two more. Look at me. I can do extra things while We're fighting. Only level three. Yeah, how many key points do you have? Extra Four? things. No, three. Shut up, extra things while fighting from level one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who is that's shitting on variant a, humans again? That, who yeah, is same. shitting on variant humans <laughs> again? Like, that's not because I'm a ranger. That's because I'm a variant human. I was talking yeah, to somebody I about know. this. I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was like, yeah, I choose variant human almost exclusively just because I like to fucking try and find some way to make mechanics interesting at lower levels. <laughs> and he was like, it's dude. It's a good way it, to do it. Well, what he was what he was saying is he's preparing to start a game and he's like, you know what, dude? At like as like a new DM, this feels like a good opportunity to tell you to fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, right on. Yeah, I forgot you haven't dealt uh, with uh, this. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>